I'm interested in challenging the language of emotional intelligence, as you know. And so another article in, in uh, Psychology Today, this one by Carolyn McCann, Dr. Carolyn McCann, about dealing with emotions. So my claim is, is that the language of emotional intelligence is now uh, being modified sufficiently so that we can begin to see, and by the way, emotionally intelligent people will be able to recognize the value of understanding emotional anatomy instead of claiming this to be a form of intelligence, ultimately. But right now, they're writing about emotional intelligence abilities, and they outline it nicely, requires an emotional understanding and management related to emotion that is more flexible and uses emotional regulation strategies. Now, for me, again, here we are seeing the wish that mankind could somehow dominate and control, and that lens that desires to dominate and control calls it emotional intelligence as compared to now standing back, seeing through this lens of awe and wonder, seeing the lens of awareness that is available to us via the gratitude pathway, a competing frame of mind that allows us to understand that this isn't about a skill base, but it is about an understanding of how the human mind works. And so they're, they're beginning to say that people with high emotional understanding are able to change the emotional regulation strategies they use across different situations. That's a skill base, yes, but to approach it as an intelligence rather than an understanding has the drawback of leaving us stuck in I'm intelligent and you're not. You see, that's a lensing of emotion. Now, granted, the greater flexibility is no longer stuck in that lens because people with high emotional understanding use some strategies more than others in different situations. All right, now, the challenge that we would have is to see that this emotional management is a skill and ability that's being called intelligence instead of a familiarity. And so emotional intelligence and emotional regulation are related, but the, the value here is that they are importantly separate psychological concepts, according to Dr. McCann. You see, emotional intelligence is a set of abilities, and that's where I'm taking issue that the concept of setting us up, looking through the lens of intelligence, makes it sound as though it is something I acquire rather than something I begin to understand and apply and learn how to share. For me, the important notion here is that we are learning a vocabulary that is learning to share an awareness, a familiarity with emotional anatomy, and therefore 
Instead, as is Dr. McCann's uh, dissection of these ideas, that people with higher emotional intelligence tend to use more effective emotional regulation strategies, well, all right, I'm going to suggest to you, here is the greatest emotional regulation strategy, and they are beginning to state it, is familiarity. For if I am familiar with my emotional anatomy, then their word, changing their thoughts to be more positive, is a skill base. It's looking through the lens of intelligence as a problem solving that is changing their thoughts rather than discovering and sharing in an understanding. So choosing our thoughts wisely instead of changing our thoughts, I am taking, I am claiming to be the vocabulary that helps us understand this to be emotional anatomy rather than emotional intelligence. For if I am familiar with my strategies, if I'm familiar with effective and ineffective strategies, then I am privileged to choose more wisely my navigation of the ocean of emotion. And that uh, she is citing research that is attempting an intellectual uh, description of emotional intelligence and that they are claiming that high levels of emotional intelligence is more flexible in how they are using these different strategies to regulate emotions. Definitely, for all of emotional anatomy is summarized as freedom versus slavery. And with greater freedom, there is greater flexibility. So I'm, I'm claiming here uh, that the language of emotional anatomy is going to be of greater value to us in the long run, for it is a description of how the mind is working, rather than claiming it is a skill base of strategies applied to then create what an emotional regulation or a control over the emotion. You see, um, it's not that emotionally intelligent people are using more effective strategies, but that they change their strategies. They change the strategies that they use to suit their situation. Remember, this is freedom versus slavery. They are becoming aware of emotional anatomy, and through awareness, then, they are given the privilege of freely choosing. The emotional understanding that, uh, that we see these different emotions that trigger one another. These are default emotional reflexes that now are being described within the emotional anatomy. Unfairness makes people angry. Yes, that's true. That's unfair. And it will make people angry. Knowing how emotions progress over time, you see, that's emotional anatomy, such as anger might intensify into rage, or frustration might trigger anger, you see. So, knowing the consequences of feeling a certain way, such as feeling angry with your partner might lead to an argument or a relationship difficulty, and knowing how to, how you might feel in particular events, uh, 
When particular events happen to you, such as knowing that your partner is being late without a message, would make you feel angry. So this is a description of emotional anatomy that we can begin to share openly rather than imagining it to be uh, a, a, a skill base of management. But you see, they go on to point out the difference between this understanding of sequences, such as disappointment leads to frustration, leads to anger, that disappointment can indeed lead to frustration, angry. So rather than understanding emotional anatomy, I allow disappointment to take over. I get trapped in the lens of disappointment. I interpret my world through the frustration and the angry feelings instead of being able to see more clearly that the setup of disappointment <clears throat> might repeatedly cause trouble cause dissociation, dissociation into counterproductive habits and mood patterns. <clears throat> now, emotional management involves knowing how effective different emotional regulation responses may be for a given situation. So again, here, the idea is, is that if I can only be smart enough, I can dominate. Rather, what I'm suggesting is that when we develop a familiarity with emotional anatomy, well, such as knowing that if you yell at your partner, you will feel worse, then it also includes the ability to evaluate and monitor whether or not the regulated response you use is working or not. So you can change your tactics if you are doing what is not working. Well, that would be familiarity with emotional anatomy and recognizing the freedom to choose that emotions are a source of feedback to determine whether the strategies you are using to manage your emotions are effective. Now this, rather than being intelligence, is attempting to persuade somehow that emotional regulation strategies uh, is, is the process which people use to influence the type and intensity of emotions they have. Rather, I'm claiming now, again, familiarity with emotional anatomy, thank you, allows you to see more clearly what's going on and choose more wisely how to respond. Uh, she actually goes on to make recommendations about uh, how to respond, right? That then she makes a vocabulary which you can read for yourself, which includes a, a positive thinking, etc., etc. My challenge here is freedom to choose in response to default emotional reflexes. I believe that her descriptions are of default emotional reflexes. Taking direct action to change the situation uh, may indeed be an effective default emotional reflex at the time, but what we're doing is standing back and recognizing within ourselves that we may be choosing methods like distracting ourselves, watching TV, or distracting reading a book, or distracting 
calling a friend, etc., rather than becoming more and more familiar with your emotions and therefore developing freedom to choose how to distract yourself, what to do under these circumstances. You see, their, their, their description of emotional intelligence is becoming far more a description of emotional anatomy. Within emotional anatomy, there is rumination, which involves dwelling on your feelings. Well, that becomes a stuck spot within emotional anatomy. Uh, and when those feelings or situations cause negativity, that's default emotional reflex. And then we can see very clearly their intention is to coach us into positive reappraisal, changing the way you think, that is positive thinking, uh, that has caused your feelings. Now, my claim is that does not change the emotional anatomy and therefore if I think that positive thinking is going to help me, my emotional anatomy is still the same. And therefore, that emotional architecture, unchanged by my positive thinking, comes back and bites me again. I repeat my rumination. I get back into my stuck spots. Uh, so, uh, to understand myself and to see how I'm feeling in any given situation... Uh, means that I'm developing skill base, yes, a, a better way to manage my emotions, yes, but still not yet aware of emotional anatomy and the gratitude pathway. They are not inputting the value of the gratitude pathway to step back and see this clearer picture that higher levels of emotional understanding and emotional management were related to the selective use of some strategies more than others. And that is very true. I'm glad for them, but now I'm claiming a greater understanding of emotion changes it from intelligence into seeing the intelligent design of the organism, which is familiarity with emotional anatomy allows us now to freely choose our responses based upon the decision deciding to make the world a better place because we are here joining into the team that understands this biologic uh, uh, intrinsic reward, biologic incentive system that is built into the organism intending to impress you. I mean, she goes on to very clearly say that, uh, that higher emotional intelligence is related to a better life outcome. You know, better mental health, better academic performance, better workplace outcomes. Well, my claim is that our responsibility is to now to be teaching about emotional anatomy rather than setting people up to look at this as though it were about emotional intelligence. I'm smart and you're not. That lens of emotional intelligence, the word of intelligence, uh, is claiming it's something that I acquire rather than seeing clearly emotional anatomy that is intelligently designed. And my challenge to us all is now to continue the development of this vocabulary so that the psychological researchers can see 
that more effective regulation strategies and fewer ineffective regulation strategies to manage their emotions is our collaborative goal. This is called dancing. This is called navigating the ocean of emotion. This is a vocabulary of emotional anatomy. This is a vocabulary that can be shared from person to person. As an example, right, the the tragedy of dissociation that occurs with deeply wounded emotional anatomy, right, that isolated in a part of the brain that is unaware, that is unaware of personal significance or meaning and purpose. But indeed, those, the, those realizations energize, motivate, and inspire us to begin describing emotional anatomy. That your suffering has a purpose, you see. You see. Here, this wounded emotional anatomy may remain stuck in negative rumination and that strategies may be suggested over and over, but this is an emotional anatomy that repeats itself endlessly. Your suffering has a purpose, for awareness allows you to develop compassion for your fellow man. The default emotional reflexes that are generated by betrayal trauma provoke dissociation into survival strategies and uh, never seem to escape those survival strategies until invited into the bigger movie, invited into the better movie, invited into the new movie. And so it is through this tug of war between stories that we see uh, the description of emotional anatomy rather than selling you on the idea that you're smart and I'm not. The idea is to be inspired finally to realize that true love is inviting us. Uh, in indeed, it invites us to overcome our attitudes. I don't want to ruin this relationship. So true love, because I'm highly motivated, becomes the strength and the beauty uh, and, the, and the inspiration that then begins to meet the opposition of default emotional reflexes, freedom versus slavery. You see, emotional anatomy is summarized with freedom versus slavery. And, and that is a, an easier way of understanding rather than going through every one of our strategies and claiming which one's better than the other. It's your free choice. And of course, here, we can point out all the default emotional reflexes that sweep us into dissociations that leave us depressed, finally, because we can't figure out how this stuff takes over and throws us into dangerous personality styles that ruin our relationships. So, the idea is, is that with meaning and purpose in life, we become highly motivated to understand our emotional anatomy. We begin learning about swimming through the ocean of emotion. We become more familiar with the ocean of emotion. We begin talking about it openly. That's called talk story. I'm sorry if you, if you um, missed some of our uh, previous podcasts where talk story is is the um, intention, but we will continue those. Now, 
Talk story means that we can see very clearly and share with each other descriptions of emotional anatomy instead of criticizing or becoming adversarial. We're investing in your confidence, you remember, because confidence forms the foundation of the architecture. Emotional anatomy is architecture. It's not intelligence. It's design. And in emotional anatomy, there is architecture that recognizes the value of visceral gratitude. You see, the the invitation of loyal, true love enables gratitude for It's a rare experience, and when you get to experience it, the the teaching is one of gratitude versus, by the way, default emotional reflexes generated by betrayal trauma and developing survival strategies that become our habitual response over and over and over again. These default emotional reflexes snowball snowball out of control into negative pathways, into habitual self-talk and and habitual uh, uh, destructive self-interpretations that are dissociated from this other awareness of emotional anatomy. But the method is to introduce the language of emotional anatomy to see the foundation of confidence, which is emotional anatomy growing inside an awareness that confidence forms the foundation of emotional anatomy and vocabulary becomes its edifice. Confidently, we are developing vocabulary that assists us in growing awareness of dissociation. It's a tug of war. It's an old movie versus the new movie. The new movie is a vocabulary that our intellect, our modularity is acquiring that we we can then navigate the ocean of emotion using the edifice of vocabulary to recognize what it is that's shaking our confidence. We are sharing in the realization of a place of peace inside our heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, how to navigate the ocean of emotion becomes a reciprocal collaboration of love. It becomes a a reciprocal collaboration of respect for one another for we begin talking openly about what we are learning. As, by the way, I compliment that uh, I, I am complimenting that, uh, that Carolyn McCain, Dr. McCain, has begun sharing her emotional intelligence strategies. But that emotional intelligence is missing the vocabulary of understanding this to be emotional anatomy rather than inviting you into believing somehow that you can figure this out. It is more, I'm suggesting, that we are being invited into understanding how it works and thereby, freedom versus slavery, able to make the wise choice for what works better and better and better. Sharing in the realization that this place of peace inside of you assists you in navigating the ocean of emotion. 
for you can tell what shakes your place of peace. This is indeed this reciprocal collaboration and respect and sharing with one another to acknowledge the value of our love, which then motivates our interest. You can call it semantics if you will, but motivates our interest in understanding how the mind works. Recognizing, whoa, that as we talk about this, this reciprocal collaboration, we run into contradiction. Even with mutual respect, we run into contradiction and may indeed trigger the adversarial, the habitual, the reflexive, the repetitious, the ad nauseum of personal experience, the ad infinitum of personal experience, the adversarial, the refusal, the stuck in my own way of thinking, not yet aware of freedom to choose. But now, granted, emotional intelligence would hear this idea of freedom to choose and go, yeah, I want some of that. But that means what? That I'm emotionally intelligent? No, it means that uh, you and I are beginning to share in a language that assists us in seeing that emotional anatomy is invited is inviting us, inviting us all into this experience of freedom versus slavery and helping us develop a vocabulary, an edifice on top of our confidence that is the foundation of emotional anatomy that uses vocabulary to assist one another into the blossoming of our person. This is very much like gardening. You know, it is very much like gardening. It is that the, you know, that the nurturing, cultivating, and encouraging uh, helps us understand the hidden rocks, the shoals, the sandbars, the storms of navigating the ocean of emotion. And that then, likewise, allows us to see the tug of war because through this tug of war, we are able then to recognize the adversarial counterproductive